Hello friends, today I am discussing some basic fundamental principles of Jainism with my colleague Professor Shikha Sharma. So let's begin. Welcome Shikha. Uh, so my first question is, what is the difference between Keval Gyan and Moksha in Jain tradition? Is it similar to the notion of Jivan Mukti and Videha Mukti in Hindu tradition? Yes, there is a slight difference between Hinduism's Videha Mukti idea and Jainism's Keval Gyan and Moksha. The difference is when a Tirthankar is born, so there are five important milestones in a Tirthankar's life. When his mother conceives him, that is called as Chavan Kalyan. Chavan Kalyan. Chavan Kalyanak, sorry. Second is Jan Kalyanak when he is born, when the Tirthankar is born. Now there are 24 total Tirthankaras in one infinite time cycle in Jainism. All 24 are males in Digambar sect from Digambar sect's perspective. There are 23 males and one female from Shwetamar perspective. So when they are born, that is their second milestone, that is their second Kalyanak or Jan Kalyanak. Third Kalyanak is when they renounce their family life, their worldly life and become a monk. That's called as Diksha Kalyanak. Now taking Mahavir's example, the last Tirthankar who was contemporary of the Buddha, he took his renunciation Diksha, he became a monk, a wandering monk, a naked monk, completely naked, he renounces even his clothing. That happened when he was at the age of 30. Now from, 30 age, from his age of 30 to 42.5, for, for the next 12 and a half years, he practiced extreme penance and then at the age of 42 and a half he attained what the word that he used Keval Gyan which means in English it is often translated as omniscience he became Sarvagya omniscient which means that he could see past present and future of all the beings in the universe now Jain universe is a unique concept Jain universe is in the shape of like this like as if as if a cone a reverse cone and a expanding cone. It's like two cones put together. That's the Jain universe. So as soon as Mahavir attains Kival Gyan, he's still on the earth. So earth is in the middle of these two cones. Right? One cone is sitting on the other cone. Middle is the earth region. So at the age of 42 and a half, he attains his Kival Gyan, that is omniscience. At the age of 72, he leaves his body and attains moksha. As soon as he attains moksha, from the earth, he goes to the up, uppermost, the uppermost layer of the Jain universe, which I call as final frontier of the universe. So at the final frontier of the universe, in a Jain term, it's called as Siddha Shila. All the Siddhas, all the accomplishment, accomplished souls, reside in the Siddha Shila forever. So even after they attain moksha, they do not merge with any Brahman. There is no idea of Brahman in Jain tradition. So each soul remains distinct and separate forever until infinity in that Siddha Shila in the final frontier of the universe. So the difference between Keval Gyan and Moksha, your question, uh, if I can answer now with this all this background, at the, at the age of 42.5, Mahavir attains Keval Gyan. At the age of 72, Mahavir attains Nirvana or, or Moksha. Also, interestingly, 
when mahavir leaves his body that is the diwali night that is the diwali day or Diwa- diwali night so hindus are celebrating diwali because ram lakshman and sita came back to ayodhya jain celebrate diwali because mahavir attained the highest attainable goal of a human soul that is moksha so jains also celebrate diwali but for a different reason hindus celebrate diwali for a different reason jains are not mourning his death jains celebrate because mahavir attained moksha that's the highest goal highest role model that jains that continues to inspire jains even today after 2500 years so that is the whole idea of nirvan moksha nirvan and moksha are synonymous but keval gyan is different in jain tradition in hinduism one can be liberated being even with his body but in jain tradition as long as you have a body you are not completely liberated you can attain omniscience but you are still not liberated you need to get rid of your body your name your age your your life span is also causing karma particles your life span your body your name and your lineage that will remain attached to your soul as long as you have a body so to attain moksha you need to get rid of even those karmas including your once again your body your name your age and your lineage lineage means your gotra naam gotra umr sharir in charon ka tyag avashyak hai moksha prapti okay so now when you talk about and when you said that there is this highest level siddh shila and there each soul remain distinct individual so what is the nature of soul in jain nature of soul is pretty similar to hindu traditions idea of soul which is that soul is the carrier of one's karma from one life to next life and and until one gets moksha or nirvana okay. right the only major difference between hindu and buddhist hindu and jain tradition is that soul gets polluted by karma particles in jain tradition karma is karma is not just a concept karma is not just a metaphysical idea in jainism karma is a physical idea karma is a physical particle that literally sticks to soul soul is metaphysical even in jain tradition like hindu tradition but karma is a physical particle in jain tradition which attaches to metaphysical now this is beyond our comprehension how can a physical thing attach itself to metaphysical thing metaphysical means just a philosophical idea but karma is a physical idea in jain tradition physical thing in jain tradition so physical thing pollutes a metaphysical idea in jain tradition and that's how soul gets polluted so to attain moksha you need to get rid of every particle from your from your soul including the particle that is causing your like i said even your age your name your lineage and so on so that is the difference between soul in jainism and soul in hinduism uh now you said that karma is basically it's like a sticky particle yes so if it is if it is attached to your soul you are away from that ideal of moksha correct so to attain moksha what sort of actions are prescribed in jain tradition because yes. even to attain moksha you will be doing something right some sort of action yes 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 so then how is that action different from the normal ordinary action in everyday life yes yes good question so jain tradition takes mahavir as the ultimate role model like and i like i was explaining mahavir when he renounces his worldly life he was born as a prince vardhaman uh and his uh, and he renounced his father was siddharth his mother was trishla he renounces his family his palace even his clothing at the age of 30 now for 
to 42.5 for next 12 and a half years. What Mahavir did is just mind blowing, mind boggling what he did. What he did, he practiced the extreme penance that is even beyond our imagination. He renounces his clothing. He renounces every single food particle that we can, that we ingest for our daily survival. He renounces any water or any, or any drink, any liquid. So food is renounced, water is renounced, clothing renounced, speech renounced, renounced also. He practices silence for months and months. Now for 12 and a half years, so more than 4,000 days in 12 and a half years, he ate for less than a year. So he ate for around 350 days out of more than 4,000 days. So less than 10% of his time for the 12.5 years, he took some food. What did he eat? He ate some dates, that is khajur. He took some pulses and, and that's it. No wheat, no rice, nothing. Very, very minimal food he took. So what he would do is, what now we know as intermittent fasting, Mahavir was the, one of the first earliest historical person who practiced intermittent fasting. But what kind of intermittent fasting he practiced? He would eat for one day. Like for example, he would probably take some food, like, like I said, dates or some pulses for one day. Then he would go hungry for next 30 days. Fasting. Extreme fasting. Then again, one day of some little food. Again, next 30 days of fasting. Like that, he practiced fasting for a long, long time. And the idea is, more you dis dissociate from your body, more you detach from your body by renouncing any kind of need or lust for food, need or attachment for food. So renouncing the taste or attachment to food is one of the major, one of the major karmas that Jains practice to attain Kyabul Gyan. So taking Mahavi's example. So that extreme penance that Buddha renounced, Buddha could not do that extreme penance. Right? We all know the story of Buddha. He, they say, especially Jains say that Buddha in, in the beginning may have joined a Jain order, a Jain lineage of 23rd Tirithankara, that is Parshvanath. So Buddha joined that lineage and tried to practice that extreme penance. And he became extremely weak, extremely, he was, his body is shown in some pictures like a skeleton. He became like a skeleton <clears throat> because he practiced that extreme fasting like Jains do. But, Jain, but then came Sujata who offered him that porridge, Kheer Khilai Sujata ne Buddha ko, ye baut badi famous kahani hai. Aur Buddha ne ye suna ki don't torture your body, that the body, don't, don't tighten your sitar so much that sitar is broken or don't lose the don't make it so loose that you cannot produce music music from your sitar so body is like sitar like a like a musical instrument don't torture it that much that you might break the body don't keep it so loose that don't indulge in pleasures that you stop your real that you, that you forget your real goal that is nirvana or moksha so buddha takes the middle path and he takes the khir and then he goes to both and sits under the bodhi tree and attains his Nirvana attains that omniscient attains right so that's Nirvana. So Buddha's way is not the extreme penance. Jain way or Mahavi's way is extreme penance. Extreme penance, renouncing food, water, like I said, silence and so much, so on for so many for such a long time. So those are the karmas that are to be done to cut the previous karmas. So it's like removing one thorn from another thorn, removing the past negative karmas. By, dis, dis, by detaching your body 
from food or water or the basic instinct for survival itself is attacked by attacking the need for food if you don't eat anything you will lose the fear you will lose the instinct for survival survival of body because soul is eternal soul will survive even after moksha but the survival instinct for body keeps making us take more and more food so mahavir is attacking the very basic root of survival instinct the very very basic instinct that feeds other instincts food instinct survival instinct fuels our instinct for sex for, for possessions possessing more more uh, things in our life so all those things are all those instincts are interlinked by the instinct for food so jain jain idea is to attack the very root cause of all these instincts so fasting and penance and that's what led mahavi to attain his nirvana that's what keeps inspiring jains to keep practicing more and more fasting and more and more penance okay so now i mean in the next video we can think of discussing how mahavira's approach is different from the traditionalist approach yep. what the traditional version of jainism says and how mahavir uh interpreted that traditional version so that we can do in the next video thank you thank you everybody